Shady Pines Radio. on next Chris with the comedy charlie with the facts we spitting game feeling like some max everything and nothing everything and nothing everything and then o-t-h-i-n-g hey everything and nothing everything and nothing everything and then o-t-h-i-n-g let's take a break welcome back to another fine episode of everything and nothing uh, today's special guest is ryan danley a writer for the hard times and a portland comic uh, we are honestly, as always, all over the frickin' board. Uh, we're gonna get into some politics. We're definitely gonna get up in our feels. Uh, Charlie, how much fun are you having being a chef right now? Like, on a scale of 1 to 10? Like, it's not on a scale. <laughs> <laughs> like, negative a thousand. Uh, and that's true. We talk about that and more. Check it out after this. Man, I think we can all agree that this has been a hell of a year. Things have been rough, but there is so much to be thankful for. I don't really need much sunshine and sweet touch. Start your sunny season with two summer hits from Steve Harwood. All That I Need and Shadowland. Things are looking up, and Steve Harwood's here to sing it. Check out Steve Harwood on Spotify or connect on Instagram at Steve Harwood underscore music. Because it's time to feel good again. Subliminal loving. For the love of everything and the space in between. Thursdays, 10 to 11. Here on Shady Pines Radio. One in one in one in DTI is coming. Special request one fire radio station. DTI why we stop, but if the lick we have a bounce right back. We can say that we are pirate radio station. Tell it to you, so we don't give a damn where you're the papers. Radio station, all pirate station, play this. Ferro station coming, and I run the place at where it says I'm out of 45 and all bomb track. Play the massive, not the car. The youths on the block, and the paper, not them yard. Just a cool and relax, watch out. DTI, so they don't like that. Try to pressurize it, and why we fist up. Lick with transmit up on the high rise. Black buff on the chai tongue, where you have, so where you fit on the career. Welcome back to another fine episode of Everything and Nothing. I'm your host, Chris. This is my co-host, Charlie. I'm Charlie. And today's special guest is Ryan Danley. What is Portland. up? Welcome. 
Welcome to the show, buddy. Nice to see you. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Nice. Okay. Uh, I was just going to let them know that you're a Portland comedian and that you also uh, write for The Hard Times. I do. I do. I do both those things. I'm, uh, um, I'm a pretty common Hard Times writer, and I'm like like a C-plus Portland comedian. Maybe B-minus? I don't know. What would you say? What? <laughs> I love that you're the only other person besides me that's like said that shit about. I'm like, look, I'm a really good host, but I'm like an okay comedian. Is like where I'm at. <laughs> I think self-realization is just super important. But you know what I mean? Like, it's like I can sit here and I can, like, I just, like some people like to brag about their like comedic prowess. I'm just like, I'm just not gonna, you know, I'm just not gonna do it. I'm just gonna, like, I'm gonna be honest. Like, hey, I've had some A A outings, you know, A plus outings. Yeah. I would say my average is probably a B minus, you know. Still, B minus isn't terrible though, which is also an important thing to keep in mind. For sure, it gets degrees. You know what I mean? So yeah. (laughs) Well, with that very positive outlook on life, I can't wait to see how the mental health check-in goes. (laughs) I'm I'm known for my positivity. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'm like the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. I come in late with a C average. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Points, Charlie. That was great. I'm sure it's stolen joke, from a meme, I but appreciate it. I definitely stole that from Twitter. Whoever <laughs> out there in Twitter land, I'm sorry. I'm certain we're listening. Uh, so my mental health? How's my mental health? Is that yeah. Really yeah. How, uh, um, since since we are in the middle of a soft apocalypse, how are you? Yeah. Uh, how are you holding up? How are you maintaining? Well, I kind of like you know like. A, I have like a really terrible relationship with my emotions. You know what I mean? Like it's like I don't yep. really know how I feel about anything, anyways. You know right, what I mean? And, like, and then I and then I and then I uh, adjust that with medication, which makes it even further. So I don't really know where I kind of land. I uh, <laughs> um, like I can go from like like thinking this is like the worst year ever, but like I've also like you know like I've been, I did like over thirty. Hard Times articles last year. I, um, I've had some success in some Zoom meetings. I have four um, podcasts that I uh, run and produce. I, uh, I write for seven Jesus. different satire sites. I invited to do things like this with awesome people. So, like, there's like a part of this year that's actually been like really like prosperous for me. But like, it's like really tried to hard to find that in the fact that like I'm unemployed and I'm like, you know what I mean. So like, it's it's like really like a mixed barrel of how I'm doing. Like, yeah, that's fair. If I look at if I look at like one aspect of my life, like that I'm unemployed and I have like no retirement or anything like that, that I can get like overwhelmed with like the creepy crawlies and like just want to like. But if I look at like the other side of like I'm like you know, kind of like working on a pilot and kind of like writing for things like that, like then I'm absolutely successful. Um, so it's kind of like um, like like where uh, where I am in the uh, in the cycle, I guess. I guess so. Is that I don't know. Is that a real answer? Or is that just? A- oh, absolutely. Okay. Like you know, I mean, I'd like to say that I'm doing good or I'm doing bad because like those absolutes would be like really like nice to like tether myself to, like you know. But honestly, like I just kind of don't know, you know. Right. So, yeah. Like, what do you do in like the middle of a like? I mean, like a like last year, I like last like. Two Novembers ago, I was like, I just gotten picked up by the hard times. I was like doing like tons of, uh, I was on tons of shows. Um, I did like uh, comedy shows. I, there used to be shows. There, there was this time, kids, where people used to do comedy <laughs> shows. Um, oh, back in the mists of history. 
and uh, I just started like a new job as like a produce salesperson, like making like decent money. And I was like, I'm just like great, like upswing. And then like a month and a half later, it was just like fucking gone. You know what I mean? And so like, uh, um, I don't know. Yeah. So I mean, I guess like, how are we all supposed to feel during this? You know, I think that there were, there's a idea in the comedy world that the thing that we lost was like sort of, um, um like first world problem ish but like at the end of the day i don't know like people worked hard on comedy and it's a cool community and it was something that we all like it was you know i think art is important to people and i think like pulling that out and i think that i i like this check-in part of the show because i think it's something that we all have to like values that we all like lost something like really important to us and, that, and, well, it's, and it's okay to mourn that one thing um, that my therapist has been trying to really drive home for me is that there are really three categories of types of things that exist. There are things that, well, hurt, right? Things that, that cause the, the issues in your head to be worse, right? Things like lack of sleep or, you know, like things that, that are going against your mental health. Then there are things that are pretty neutral, Right. Things like just playing video games and zoning out in that or watching, you know, streaming through uh, Parks and Rec. Um, But then there are things that actually help, things that help give back to you. Mm -hmm. And in there are things like your creative outlets and things like that. And so without being able to go to shows and practice their creative outlets the way that they have been able to before, they genuinely are at a worse starting point line each day sure. and so it is affecting them in that way and, and it's like so valid and it's like um like like having that thing taken away that's like we like focus our energy on and stuff like that like like what do you do with that like that lack of like synapses relay and those lack of like the communication with people and and have it just like so suddenly gone it's just like it's just like it's I mean, like, it, it really is, like, a genuine loss, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not like, yeah, I mean, yes, you could you could pick a, yes, there are people starving and Haitian cities have been knocked down and, like, and, like, and, like, all of that, like, I totally get it. Like, that is, like, like, in the long run, my problems are better than that, but that doesn't mean that they're not problems, you know? And I mean, exactly. And it means that I have to, like like find a space where it's like, you know, like I can like do things like we're all starting to like podcast and like, and then like, you know, like I, I pitch to the hard time. I pitch articles. I try to get on new sites to write for. I try to, you know, I just try to keep that because uh, I got to tell you that first month was a little dark, you know, and uh, yeah. I'm having some darkness in my background. I have to really be careful when that, when that stuff peaks up because uh, um, you know, like, sitting on the end of my couch and like being like non-communicative really like in like in this kind of like looking at the overwhelming like like wow i had everything in my hand two months ago and now like it's like i can't even like go get a burger like you know and um you know we're all stuck watching tiger king you know that's our (laughs) that's our that's our community relations at that point um is a um um i don't think anybody in the world wants to deal with you know what I mean? I don't think in no. any situation anybody wants to go through that. And uh, regardless of how um, easy or hard my life might be. Otherwise. So. Yeah, I think, I mean, it, it has been a year and now I think people are kind of getting like, well, they were already tired of it in June, right? But like <laughs> after, after a year of it, we're kind of like now desensitized. But it, it, it does absolutely feel like, you know, there's a point 
in your life before and there's a point after and it, it's like a death in the family or something it's you know there there was a point before <laughs> that that person was when that person was, was there and now they're gone it, it feels it's really weird i i mean i i've always talked to myself always spent a lot of time alone but like <laughs> it's it's kicked into overdrive i can feel it it's <laughs> you know and maybe it's the other substances too but it, it's um yeah i'm sober you know what I mean? So like, I just like sit here and just like roll through all this like 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 a raw dog, just raw like, dog in life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and, and you know, I have like you know programs and shit that I work because I was not sober for a really long time. And um, I've, I've I was one of those persons who practiced drinking every day and oddly just got worse at it. Um, <laughs> I don't think many people can look at me and look at look at my face and be like, yeah, you look like you drink well. Um, but I um, um, so it's just like so it's like you know. And I don't even like suggest escapism, but it's like, it is sometimes like you're sitting here and you're like, man, this is going to be like really hard to like, just sit here and like, and like try to like, like entertain myself in, um, you know, but like all things we just, you know, I'm uh, I'm on season 10 of CSI. I never watched it before. Um, so now I'm original, like OG, like Las Vegas CSI yeah, I'm on yeah. season 10. Um, I, I kind of like that, you know, so did you get into NCIS at all? I haven't been there yet. No? So, okay. It, okay. I feel like, okay, and this is coming from, I am an NCIS nerd from like a long time. Right. Uh, I don't suggest that's a good thing. I'm just saying that's, I think CSI probably better. Like, <laughs> I, I would <laughs> believe it. Like, <laughs> just, yeah. I, I NCIS is a spinoff of JAG, and I think that explains a lot of the fact that sure, sure. it's for old people. <laughs> it's very now, um, I have a friend who um, who did this special effects makeup at the at the special effects studio that did CSI and NCIS and Bones and all of those procedurals use like one special. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Um, and so um, he like a lot of like it's cool he said actually like he really uh he doesn't really watch those shows unless he was like looking to see like how it came out like you know like projects that he had worked on um but he did um he said that working with mark Harmon was like amazingly awesome like when he would go to set and mark mark Harmon was just like like just like a really good guy like really like you know like you deal with like apparently like actors like famous actors are kind of like can be kind of give or take and how they like to be dealt with, particularly like on set, you know, right. and, uh, um, you know, cause they're artists and we're all assholes, you know, and, um, <laughs> um, um, or, or nuts, you know, about like, um, takes like a little bit of insanity to like make things good, you know? And, but they said, Mark, he said, Mark Hardman was just like a really good guy. So I think I want to check out, um, NCIS like afterwards. Um, but I'm like, kind of just like, you know, like, if anybody hasn't watched CSI, it's uh, it's actually like not bad, yeah. And it's actually kind of funny, yeah. Like there's yeah. like really good like comedic writing like mixed into the show, like like their like responses and the way they deal with each other and stuff like that is like really actually right. they get like, quippy. Yeah, like it's like and sometimes they'll like give like each other like weird looks and stuff like that. I'm like, fuck, that's like good comedy writing, you know? Like that's like. Like that's like that little edge through edge that made it, you know. And you're like on, like I'm on season ten. It's like, it's like the, uh, 
the Ray Langston years after Grissom left and Lawrence Fishburne came on the show um, for a couple of years, um, which is cool because I like Lawrence Fishburne a lot. He's and uh, yeah, um, but like the show is like funny. I don't know. Like it's, a, I don't know. I just keep watching it. Maybe that's because like I'm just gradually more insane than I uh, realized. But <laughs> I mean, it's entertained people for a long time. Yeah, it really has. So, I mean, there must be something to it. It made billions of dollars. Yeah. Um, like I, I saw, I looked into it once because, like, uh, I think still to this day, the guy who played Grissom on the first seasons is like the highest play, paid actor ever. And um, I was like, well, that's really crazy. That's like a lot of money for like, like, what are like ads on this? And I looked into it, and it's just like worldwide, globally, it was just like a billion dollar price. It was like just a like like one of the most successful properties of all time. Um, good for them yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's jerry brookheimer right who produced yeah. it, right yeah. so it, and he makes so okay movies <laughs> you know whatever you know i mean like he's just in that that category you know uh, that's not michael movie. bay yeah he's right like I, like like what movies did he make like uh he made uh i think he did pirates of the caribbean yeah well, the first one's a solid movie. Yeah, I have Johnny Depp issues, so... Um, so a lot of people do. I, it's, that's real. Yeah, like, I mean, like, I don't know, like... Like, there was that thing oh. going around the internet that Johnny Depp was everything, or uh, Keanu Reeves was everything that we wanted Johnny Depp to be. And I totally agree with that. You know what I mean? Like, I think people, like, I like Johnny Depp, like, 20, 21 Jump Street, uh, that propaganda show, and then... <laughs> and then in Nightmare on Elm Street because you watch them explode. Yeah. But otherwise, <laughs> but otherwise, um, I don't know. Like, is he a good actor? I don't know. I'd say, I'd say he he's got maybe not a ton of range. It's either like he's manic or like quiet, and that's you know some he can't doesn't really pull off. Him. But I don't know. Some he can kind of do that suave thing. But yeah, I think we expect him to kind of be this chill, cool dude because of this persona he puts off. Right. But yeah, Keanu is, is the real, the real deal. Kind of, kind of, I don't know. Well, the great thing about Keanu is like, we've just like accepted the fact that Keanu is like a terrible actor. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, but we've it's all... fine. Cause he's a great person. Right. We just don't care how terrible of an actor he is. And that like, is that we just want him on the screen because like he just makes us feel away. And that's like, and that's like, it's like such a, like a beautiful talent. You know what I mean? Like, um, I mean, there have been roles that he was really mismatched in. If you've ever seen Kenneth Branagh's uh, much to do about nothing is pretty yeah. rough with him in it. And then, uh, and then of course Dracula is, but like, like going back and rewatching Dracula, like I, like I hated it at the, I didn't hate the movie at the time, but I hated him in it. But now watching him, like I don't really care. Like it's Keanu. Like good for him. Like he's just right. Like, he's just he is who he is. And yeah. and the thing is too, like his dialogue. You know, he's got the one voice, sure. But I mean, the, the physical stuff and like the actual like the, the moving and the reacting with set. You know, he's good at that part. You know, he's good at sure. an action scene. He looks good with a couple guns and well, jumping totally. around, whatever. Like he's great. And that's his job. You know, some people can't do that, so. Oh yeah, you put Keanu in like Speed or like Point Break or the John Wicks movies, and you're like, God, I just this is just like this is top tier entertainment. I don't care what anybody Point says. Like, I love a good like A24, like 
arty, long drifting panning shots and yeah. like an animal's eyeball or so. You know what I mean? I like I like that as much as anybody, but like also like a good like chunk of like like brain candy, like speed. Like you can't like if you dislike speed, like the problem is you. Like yeah. speed is like <laughs> like a like a bus that can't stop. Oh my god, that's just great. You know what I mean? Like what a what an amazing premise. Like whoever yeah. like just sat down and was like, how about this? The bus can't stop. You know what I mean? It's just like, can you get on the bus? Can you get off the bus? I don't know. Well, I mean, you better tuck and roll real fast. <laughs> exactly. Like that's like the problem. You're stuck on the bus that can't move. You know what I mean? Like and, uh, Dennis Hopper in that movie is just incredible. I, he's he's like the wackiest villain, and it's just like his whole thing is just blow people up for no reason. Yeah, he's about it. He you know, he, he he's blames everybody. For, he blames everybody for his injury. You know, and uh, you know, like I get it. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I'm not about to blow anybody, but you know, sometimes you're like mad at your old job. You know, I mean, you got screwed, and you know. No. Well, like, I don't know. Po- what kind of an injury did he have? Well, his hand was messed up. I think he was missing fingers. Like he was yeah. a bomb oh. technician, and then uh, and then he did it, and they gave him like the cheap gold watch, and like. Uh, um, um, yeah, and like so, this was like his lifelong, like lifelong goal. Yeah, of, uh, of like you know, getting back at the world for his perceived slights. And I guess I gotta feel like if you're a bomb guy, like you got two choices: like the bomb goes off or doesn't go. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm no offense. Like, I'm, I'm glad there are people out there willing to go disarm bomb, disarm bombs, and like and stuff like that. But like, you can only be so mad if the bomb goes off. You know what I mean? Like, right. like, like that's the deal, right? <laughs> right, you're fifty-fifty. Literally, what it's built for. <laughs> yeah, it's like people who sue uh, skate parks because they fell off their skateboard. Like, yeah. I'm like, you know, like, like you got two choices when you get on the skateboard: you either do it and don't fall off of it, or you fall off. Of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's like, yeah, you assumed a level of risk when you chose to ride a skateboard. Exactly. Yeah, injuries are a part of that. And a helmet, like (laughs) we did our job. Well, plus injuries are a part of that culture. Like, you talk to any skateboarder, they'll tell you about serious injuries they've had fucking up something at some point. Oh, I was uh, years ago. I was showing um, my daughter, who was for a long time a skateboarder. I was like showing her like this ollie. I was just like ollieing off a off a curb, and I like I nosed in, and I like. Like elbowed my caught my body by my like my hand rammed up into my ribs and I tore apart all the cartilage in my sternum. Oh like, shit! Yeah, and so um, like and that was like seriously took me all of like ten seconds to do. So yeah, it's a like it, you know what I mean. Like who am I going to sue? You know what I mean? Like what yeah, is, like like, 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 we, like sorry, like life, like don't get on a skateboard. You put a street there and it hurt me. How dare you? At some point, it's probably going back to like, I'm just going to sue my mom. Why? Because she made this defective equipment. Like. <laughs> yeah. Cooking is, I mean, you work in the kitchen. It's the same thing. It's a binary. Well, it, it's, it's an assumed risk. It's like, guess what? You work with knives and hot things. You're going to cut you're yourself. Gonna, yourself most yeah. of the time. You're probably a degenerate. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
No, I I've said a, that, I, and like people have been really mad at me before. But I'm oh, sorry. No, I was a fine dining chef for a, a long time, and I um, was I'm sort of a degenerate. I'm I'm like I would say a reformed degenerate because like I still in me, but yeah, those were like rough years. You know what I mean? I went to culinary school and everything, and uh, all those years of working in the kitchen is, was, uh, um, you know, it's a, it's it's a lifestyle. You know what I mean? And it's like you're yeah. We we were talking about this, and it's like. Because um, our chef, who makes quite a bit more than us, he's been talking, he'll just be like walking around. He's just like, well, I don't see why we need to raise the minimum wage. And I'm just like, fuck you. Of course you don't. It's like, is it that there's something about that chef culture where you just love punishment. You're just like, well, I just worked 75 hours with no breaks. And all I had to eat was like one piece of bacon and a cigarette. It's like, cool. You you purposely punish yourself that makes you cool that makes you good at your job like that sucks <laughs> right it's it's like cooking is a god and whatever you can the more you can sacrifice to it <laughs> the better you feel yeah it's um see that's uh, a cult yeah it's um the people who are really good at that are like the like i get aligned with it where i couldn't do that anymore you know what I mean? Like I, so I went and worked in like retail produce for a lot of years, but like I reached a point like after culinary school where I did that, where it was like, I was in my twenties and I just didn't feel like not being able to like go see my kids do things. So I could feed like a rich guy a steak. You know what I mean? I just didn't like, I didn't see that any like as, as value anymore. And the people who like really like love that, like really do wear their, their lack of ability to like, to like go with like, common working quality conditions as a badge of honor. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, like yeah, I go, I don't take, I, I go grab like a 10 second and then we go put out 400 covers and like, you know, and it's just like chef uh, life. Chef life, And you're like, and it's like, okay, cool. Like if that's your like deal and like, you're like, you feel like you're an artist or something. Sure. But like, at the end of the day, it's like, it's work, man. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta, like, yeah. you know, like it's, anything like this like you have to like take care of yourself i think it's such a bad precedent personally yeah and then they all see it as part of their culture and then it just seeps in and we have more and more people we have to do it because everybody does it it's like it's like no break the cycle morty fucking (laughs) you shouldn't have to work that and to to like have money to live because you don't have time to do anything like i i work 40 hours and i'm like stress doing this podcast which is pretty easy (laughs) podcasting takes more time though than people want to like it's like a whole process you know what i mean like it's a um can i plug my podcast are you cool oh absolutely i'm on uh i i do um i do a bi-weekly uh public radio kboo show um, nice half hour uh and podcast we also put it on spotify called culture in motion which is actually not a comedy podcast it's a a political i'm a, I'm a, a fan of politics and uh um i would say i'm a fan of politics i would say that i'm a, a political person right? um so uh me and a hip-hop mc uh activist friend of mine uh mike crenshaw do a, a called culture in motion and uh you know um and we interview like um a lot of different people. We like interview the 
the girl who was standing there while George Floyd was murdered. And uh, we interview uh, Black Panthers and a lot of different types of folks like that. So there's like always like this setup through it. Like, what are we going to talk about? You know, like warming up. And uh, um, but oddly, that doesn't take as much time as the hour long horror movie podcast that I run called another goddamn horror podcast that I run with uh, a couple other comedians in New York that can take up like three hours of my day. Like, it's yeah. like, it's like we, we, we chat for a while. We kind of run over what we're going to talk about in the show. We warm up a lot, a lot of talking to warm up. So we don't come in cold, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, um, all of a sudden I'm like, man, podcasting is like kind of like a real job sometimes. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's like, it's like, it's like, like the weirdest real job I've ever had, you know. Right. Um, recently started another new podcast with a local comedian, Kyle Adams, where we nice re- where we review fast food items. Oh. That is called <laughs> uh, seasonal fast food items. Uh, it'll either uh, the first episode will either come out uh, today or tomorrow. It's uh, I have recorded where we uh, it's called Super Size We Comedians and Cars Spilling Condiments, and we. Uh, um, uh, this last week we we reviewed the uh, um, uh, meat mountain at Arby's. Oh God! Yeah. Oh, have you had one, Charlie? No, Chris. <laughs> Jesus, it looks horrifying. <laughs> I need you to know my first time. So, Ryan, you I don't know if you know this, but I am from a small town in Alaska, and mm-hmm. we only have one Arby's in all of Alaska. And it is a six-hour drive through the mountains from my hometown. How many people uh, has that RB killed, Chris? <laughs> I was going to skip it this time, but... <laughs> no, every time. I want to know. So uh, that mountain used to kill four people a year uh, going to and from Arby's. And then weed became legal. And now it's been sixty. <laughs> um so I moved here where you can just go down the street and go to an Arby's. Um, and it was such a delight in my brain. And I go in there and I'm like, oh man, I've never just been inside of an Arby's. And the people behind the counter, like it blew their fucking mind. They're like, you've what? I was like, I've never been inside an Arby's. What would you recommend? And they were like, do you like, is this your kind of place? I was like, no, no, no. This is definitely my kind of place. Put all of that melted cheese on all of that meat. And they were like, okay. So we're going to build you a sandwich that we don't technically have on the menu anymore. And it's called the Meat Mountain. And this was like two years ago. <laughs> and so I have had one and it is fucking great. So uh, not to like give away our, like, so th- it would have been good if ours had hot cheese on it. But instead, there was two cold pieces of cheese. Oh. And um, um, everybody will have to tune into the full thing. But, like, like the meat part was okay. Uh, the bacon was a little bit of overkill. And the chicken tenders were just, like, a little weird in it. But the actual, like, regular meat part was fine. It could have standed. It was, like, it was way better when I put horsey sauce on it. Yeah. Now, out of all... Out of all fast food condiments, horsey sauce to me comes in second after Taco Bell fire sauce, of as Ooh. like as the um, the best condiments from fast food restaurants. Um, what would you say, hot or fire? Fire. You don't agree? I don't know. I mean, I agree that they're one and two. I just think we're flipped on which one's one. Okay, that's, and that's fine. You know, I mean, I love horsey sauce. Like it's like yeah. 
like horseradish is a weird thing to be like just on like a fast food menu anyways you know what i mean uh, like it mixes so well with all kinds of fast food do you ever oh, dip all your other shit in it for two weeks it's great <laughs> I, I i fully believe you i just think that like on the average though like the average person walking around isn't like you know what i need is like some some like horseradish I'm, the average you know, person is like, wrong and that's fine <laughs> no, no they are wrong i i i know this i'm just saying that it's like it's just like like kind of an out there like it just doesn't seem like it would be like such a popular item for for Arby's. I, I give them credit for for like going that extra step and being like you know what we're just gonna go like we have roast beef and we're gonna do horseradish and like I mean I don't know like when was the last time somebody said to you like we should get some horseradish on this? you know what I mean like that's like that's like that was a strong choice on their part and and consistently have held it up you know um, yeah. Um, I don't yeah, know. My see, sandwiches are full of bowl flavors. <laughs> you're like, you're like about that. You're about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's on so the last one? One of the things I'll give credit to McMinimins for say what you want about the secret sauce. It is mustard, mayonnaise, and horseradish. And it's pretty good. It, maybe you don't want it on a burger, but I argue on a sandwich, it's a pretty decent sauce. Nice spread. You know, like McMinimins, like, um, has some like some moments, you know, where you're like, yeah, this is this is good. Um, I think overall, like, not to discredit the fine people at McMinimins, but like, no, please do. No, uh, we say fuck McMinimins on this show. Okay. I work there. Okay. Just tear it. We're so mad at them. <laughs> they, they, um, I, like, I feel like they got off the elevator, off the bus in like 1998. And have not been able to get back on. Like, I just, like, I go in there. Like, I used to work, like, right across the street from the Kennedy School at the, the New Seasons over there. And, like, we would go in there for, like, meetings and stuff like that. And I don't know. Like, I just feel like I know that they're probably afraid to change because, like, like that, like, 90s, like, boomer liberal thing that, that got <laughs> them to where they go is still, like, a strong, like, financial voting block in this town. Yep. But, like, um, but, like, at some point, like, like, I would, I would, like, literally would rather eat, like, a big bite from 7-Eleven than most of the time going to eat food at, at and I'm not saying it, the big bite's actually delicious, but, like, but, like, I just, like, I don't really, like, I like Big Bite because the boxes live in the back of your car, like the like the ghost of bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. um, but I just like I just like I I don't know. Like I used to eat at the one in St. John's by my I live in St. John's and like by my house up here, and like it was good enough. But like at some point, you're just like I just don't know if I can do this anymore. Like I just it's just not yeah. like, like I need something like new, like fresh, like like. But that's that's what blows me away. We have regulars who've been coming in for. 40 years or whatever and it's like dude it's the same beer it's the same burger oh my god there are a lot of people that don't want progress ron swanson yeah just wants it just no and and i think that that's it really like you know and particularly that like age group like they they you know they really thought that was cool you know what i mean what they were doing and like it's just like a I feel like brew pubs in general are kind of like, I actually have a bit about this, about how brew pubs are basically like at this point, like the fifties diners, except for, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like 
group hubs in their essence are like a little weird because it was like like you couldn't bring your kid to a bar but if you have a hummus plate you can bring a kid to a bar you know what i mean like that's <laughs> yeah. like really like the like the, the deal right i mean like like really just a brew pub is just a place you can bring your kid like a bar you can bring your kids right like hummus plate presents with cheese as soon as there's party apps it's a family restaurant like, right and exactly nobody cares if you get squashed you know <laughs> right exactly and then you're and you're sitting there and drinking, like, I don't know. Do they come up with new beers? They have new beers? They do that? There's, you know, there's a few brewers, and they, they do come up with some interesting stuff. But usually it's, like, the Tropic Heat Mango Sour with a bunch of fruit or whatever. Or just a different variation on Ruby or whatever. You know, put a different berry in it this time. Make a different cider. This, But, you know, we have to keep the same four, you know, a subpart IPA and then Terminator Hammerhead Ruby. Yeah. So mostly Hammerhead, is that what you? A lot. I mean, a lot of people like Hammerhead. It's kind of like that middle of the road multi ale. Right. Average. Which one do you work at? I work at Broadway. Uh, to the weird little location. We're kind of up there by the Moda Center. Um. But yeah, like, so it opened in 1990. When they opened it, they're like you're going to be like the more high-end food one is what they originally thought. Mm. And so they're like, oh, and like their idea of like high-end was like a marinated steak. Whoa. Like, but all the same fried food <laughs> stuff too. Right. And then eventually they added a pizza oven and they're like, and now we just serve like the same menus everywhere else. We have like a, this, this is exactly what you're talking about. Where like, they, they just come up with ideas and like, this is fashionable. We'll do that. So we had like a seared ahi tuna plate for like a couple of years and then nobody liked it. So, so they're like, okay, let's do like a, a poke. We'll do an ahi or like a tuna poke with wonton chips. And it's like, we're, a, we're not equipped to do sushi. We can't do sushi and burgers and pizza. Like right. choose one and we can do really good ones of those. Like, yeah, I, I feel like they they sort of got lucky in like being in the right place at the right time. Oh yeah, and, and it became like and like like they had their like fingers on that like that pulse, you know. And I think when it when it first came out, like a lot of us like they're like oh cool, they turned this old uh, um, old church or whatever, like old like you know the you get the one in Bend. I've stayed at the one in Bend. You know, it's it really old. beautiful. I, I like that yeah. one a lot. Yeah, that one's really cool, and I've actually like this is going to sound strange, but I've actually never been to like the big one, the uh, Edgefield, Edgefield one. Um, I'm a big gardener, so everybody tells me I should go check it out because the gardens are beautiful. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a cool. It's place. a real it's nice walk. walk in the summer. Yeah, uh, they've got the golf that everything is a par three, so it's supposedly easier. Right. Uh, going out there for shows is cool, but working out there is a hellhole because they can't hold a chef. So everybody's just scrambling around all the time. It's just like, it's just like always behind the veil. It's just like chaos. Like they have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, that's a, um, and I think that's part of them being like lucky. Like they, they struck, you know, they've got lightning in a bottle on this like great idea at the right time. But then like, what do you do with it? Like, how do you grow? How do you keep yourself? Because I'll tell you like once like, you know, um, you know, having worked with New Seasons, which is a similar sort of story, um, 
they've been able to do okay, but it, like the harder it became over time is because like a lot of New Portlanders didn't grow up with this shit. Didn't like don't have like any like like affinity to it naturally. You know what I mean? Like people aren't like like if I moved to Portland from like Southern California or Ohio or something like that, and I went to a McMinimums, I'd be like, why are people eating? You know what I mean? Like what is like what I don't is, know. I was pretty big on the Cajun tots. I'm not gonna lie. People I mean, love the tots. That's like universal. Like you can't like you know what I mean? And like the black and or was it the blue the blue burger called? Uh, sorry, what was that? The blue cheeseburger. What's it called? Oh, the Captain Neon. Yeah, Captain Neon. Like that's delicious. You know what I mean? Like I'll I go eat one. You know what I mean? But like, I don't know. I just don't think I'd walk in there and be like, oh, holy shit, I gotta eat. Yeah, I, it, I, it's so weird. It's so weird. The what people think is the best thing on the menu. Like, so many people order the gyro. You know, which is like, there's so many good gyro places. Around yeah. with an actual like you know the the vertical rotisserie and they're actually carving the meat, and I am taking essentially refrigerated meatloaf and slapping it on a grill next to everything. It's just like yeah. this is gross compared yeah. to that. Like, why do you want this? Cons- like every day. And like you know like like and I hate to be this guy, but like it's like a weird appropriative thing where it's like you know like if like somebody went in there and like had that and it sucked. And then they went to like, and then like a real like hit a place or gyro, 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 whatever you want to call it. Um, um, they're like, I don't want that because it was like, well, you know, like you kind of don't have any business. Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't like, don't fuck this up for everybody. It's like, and it isn't your deal. Like, stay in the lane. You know what I mean? Like, burgers, fries, like Cajun tots. Sure. I mean, it's a great call. You know, Cajun seasoning on tater tots. Like, brilliant, timeless. But I, I mean, like, it was funny because, like, I remember when that stuff, people started putting tots on menu. Like, the first place I ever had tots on the menu was, like, in, like, 97 at the at the Lowbrow um, in Northwest Portland, that bar. I don't know if it's still there. But um, they had tots on the menu. And we were all like, oh, my God, they have tater tots on the menu. It's so <laughs> weird. Like it's, it's and then a, it turns out no, it's brilliant. Right. And everybody likes tater tots. So we go there and we get them. We're like, holy shit, we're eating tater tots. And now it's just, like, everybody. Yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, one one other thing about McMinimus, and then we can move swiftly on if we must. But um, we so over the the summer and stuff, obviously, it's a bunch of weird stuff going on. And um, about the time like the Black Lives Matter and all the protests down in Portland started getting really big, um, I was working at McMinimus, and. Uh, like they they said almost nothing, but they sent us like just a, just like a standard like eight and a half by eleven, just a printed sign. It just says Black Lives Matter. Like please put this sign in the window of like, and we're on a, so we're in a, in a big shared building, and there's big shared double doors and stuff. And so on this double door, just this little piece of paper, it says Black Lives Matter. That's it. And uh, just a and that is all McMinimins did. <laughs> yeah. And just a couple days ago, we got a little postcard, just completely blank, no return address, but they had paid for postage, addressed to specifically our location. And they said, Dear McMinimins, uh, haven't been in since the woke sign went up. Good luck, though. And it was like, 
So this guy was so troubled about this one piece of paper, this one specific location. He's not going to go to any other McMinimins. And there's like 60 other locations and hundreds of customers per day. Like, it's just a lot of effort to say the words I'm a racist. I don't. <laughs> it's like, I mean, like, we're like, how fragile are white people? You know what I mean? Like how, like, 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 you can't even see a sign on a door. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, like, well. something that's just like, I mean, it's such a weird, weird thing to be like, even like weird about. You know what I mean? Like, like black lives matter. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's just, it's just like, if, if it's a problem, then the problem's you because it's such a simple concept that should make sense to everybody. It's like, how are you not getting it? You're going well, out it's of why he didn't put a return part. address is because he knows he's an idiot and somebody <laughs> will want to respond to him. And but the thing that gets me is like he didn't send it to like our headquarter location, which is like no. if he doesn't know the headquarters location, fine. Maybe he doesn't know how to use the internet. He can't Google that. Fine. He doesn't. Maybe he doesn't have internet access. He sent a letter. Think but, about the kind of person that has <laughs> this kind of time. <laughs> well, also this kind of thinking. Where this is a thing that bothers them. Like, They're not usually people who do a whole lot of like thinking. It's not like, like their strong suit. I was like, I'm I feel sorry because like the 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 furthest up the chain he got was the head manager of one location. And now it's hanging back in the kitchen and we make fun of it every day. Like yeah. and I hope he knows that that's how that ended. I, but there's no return address. I can't tell him that he's wrong. <laughs> no, you just have to tell this story to every customer that comes in until somebody gets real mad about he's it. He's never going to come in. He already said that. He said he hasn't been in since the woke sign with He'll come back at some point. If no, he's no, if he cares this that. much about this specific location, he's such a creature of habit. He'll come back to see if his thing worked. And, I'm and like, so now you just have to tell every customer about it. And I'm like, it's not like McMinimins did anything else for anybody. It's not they haven't helped any black businesses, black owned businesses. They haven't helped anybody, and I'm just like they barely help you. Yes, <laughs> they hate their employees. Are you kidding? I don't yeah, know. it's uh, you know, like being like like where do you go at this point you know what i mean like where where like i didn't go so where did you go where did you go eat instead like, <laughs> I mean, like in that area so did you go to pizza schmizza did you go to like uh um did you go to like i don't like what did you where did you what did yeah you like eat? what did not have a black lives matters exactly like poster yeah. at this point mcdonald's he went right. to mcdonald's i don't know i think even mcdonald's does like black lives matter stuff in fact mcdonald's like donate like McDonald's like knows who butters their bread and like you know will, will like take steps out there and like a lot of that kind of shit and like I'm not that's not pro McDonald's that's just like like their business model is like you know neighborhoody can can be kind of neighborhoody about shit but like like why would you like like so what are you gonna do like you're just gonna fucking starve to death because people want like people like live happy fruitful lives and not be judged on the color of their skin dear God like sorry like you know. Like, just just because just to spite you, just because you're having a good time, I'm not gonna have a good time. So I hope you're happy. Like, yeah, I am. Hey, racist McMinniman's customers' lives matter too. Okay, <laughs> like you know, like that guy. I mean, technically, they're all there. <laughs> he might have starved to death from lack of Cajun top, lack of, you know, like. Well, it's, and it's like, 
okay, so we obviously we just had the okay, I don't want to get too far into this because it's been hashed out, but we had the potato head thing just recently. Yeah. Now gender neutral potatoes, dear God. But it's the same thing where it's like you're so like you're so worked up, you're so mad about this company doing this one thing, and it's purely performative. Like Hasbro is a toy company. They're not helping anybody by changing the potato to be a potato still. They're just like, oh, here, look, we get you gave us free press, so thank you. You know, well, we're seeing like some companies, oh, excuse me, uh, we're seeing some companies like um, start to like self cancel themselves a little bit, like with like the, you know what I mean. And I think that's really scary because, like, I mean, basically, like we're kind of like looking at like the slipping of white supremacy. You know what I mean? Like it's. Um, I, I, you know, I talk about this a bit. I like posted something not too long ago about how, like, you know, like nobody's more offended now than they've ever been. There's no like a more offended culture. It was just like the only media you got in your life was what sold ad space to white suburban money. You know what I mean? Like that's what that's what in our entire life as like you know as like a 40 in my 40s man like like that as a kid like that's the only information we got is what that group deemed sellable now with the internet we just hear more voices and those voices can find other voices and create and upset the leverage of what we've grown accustomed to as people you know we've, we you know and so nobody's more offended now we just get to hear that people are tired of being treated like shit they're tired of toys like and life and everything disrespecting who they are and that and that beyond even just the emotional has real world real world violence that occurs to them not even just in like physical violence but is in like oppression and in um, you know jobs and in careers and where you can live and police interactions and how you're treated from your family and your friends and who you, all those things have real world repercussions and people are tired of have been tired about it forever now they just have a voice and so it's not cancel culture what it is is like now I get to say something yeah now um. Netflix just put out a movie um, by Amy Poehler, uh, directed by Amy Poehler, um, called Moxie. And it touches on all of this really well. It made me cry. Gonna, like, gonna throw that out there. It's, it's about teenage girl life. But um, it also does touch on, like, the different ways that each race has to interact now and, like, how intersectionality is so important and they they really touch on a lot of important subjects in it and it's it's a really good movie i'm gonna recommend it all right that's chris recommend for the day i like it for the day when was the last time i actually recommended something i don't talk nice about things that aren't mayonnaise or cheese i wasn't gonna say but okay (laughs) (laughs) you know so it's like you're seeing like these you know, seeing companies now getting ahead of it, which yeah. is like an interesting, like whether it's for their their bottom line or whatever, like it does say something that like being maybe like responsible is effective for bottom line, you know, and like um, 
it just shows a switch in in the mentality of this country and probably what we i mean in the next 10 years i mean like i know this hurts some feelings but there's we're going to lose a lot of boomers i mean i'm just telling you in the next 10 years and i mean we're going to see a very oh, there are people that care about their grandparents or my parents it's like um like I don't want I don't want them to die, but I also kind of want that sort of era to like move on from. I would say that's not true. I love my grandma, but she's also the nicest person in my entire family. So, and and right, that's like and clearly there are individual people within that group who are fine. I mean, both my parents are big liberals. You know, they were hippies and stuff, yeah. and um, um, you know, and I mean, they've, I mean, my dad's never voted for a Republican in his life and, you know what I mean? Like, and, and things like that. So it's not like, the, but, but that we do have to admit that the, the eighties me generation really has like, really like kind of formed its way all the way into Trump and stuff like that. And when the, a lot of that dies off, we're probably going to see a big switch and sort of thing. So to see like Dr. Seuss say, like, come out there and say, Hey, like, listen, we're going to cut these books out because they're not cool. Um, and and then so many people lost their fucking minds about it for six books. They, that nobody's ever heard of before anyway. Exactly. And like, like people are like, well, what, we're just going to destroy our history. It's like, no, dude, we remember, don't worry. Like racist characters. Don't, don't worry. Like, it's like, I mean, nobody is, nobody's forgetting it. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There is a message I was supposed to give you because we've okay. recorded two episodes today and we had we had Chad Allen Gemma on. Oh, cool. And he wanted me to tell you. Uh, co- well, correction. His exact phrasing was tell Danimal I said what's up. That is OK. <laughs> um, that is awesome. He is. Uh, he's a good dude. I'm excited to head out there to Astoria when uh, when 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 that starts rolling again. Uh, Child yeah. Allen's a good dude. So I think he's actually about to start up again with the Labor yeah. Temple. Yeah. Have you done that show before? You been out there? No. Um. I used to have a job where getting a day off was impossible because I worked right. the deli in several places. And ladies and gentlemen, much like every story I ever tell about Alaska has one moral: don't fucking go. Uh, every story I tell about the deli has one moral: don't fucking work in one. Okay. <laughs> I love. I, I've had a great time in Alaska. I will say that I've, I, I, uh, I love Homer and uh, driving from Anchorage to Homer is gorgeous. Seward's nice. And I have family in Petersburg, and it's absolutely beautiful down there. I mean, it's one of the largest rainforests in the world. It's incredible. Where are you? Are you from like Fairbanks? Is that what you're or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a. Chris is from the North Pole. That's, that's all I know. <laughs> North Pole is a small town outside of Fairbanks. I know. <laughs> but yes, I do have the driver's license still that says North Pole on it. That's dumb. Because <laughs> people don't believe me when I tell those Santa Claus jokes. And they're like, that's not real. I'm like, motherfucker, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. I am from the North Pole. Oh, my God. Ryan, I do want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, Charlie, you. I want to thank you for doing this with me. As always, it has been a pleasure. Uh, anyone who chose to listen to us, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we, we, I mean, we can do this without you, but it's way better with you. Uh, 
I think this has been a, this has been a real interesting episode. We really have gone all over the place. I freaking love it. We do. Uh, yeah. Good one. Go Good check one. out the hard times. By the way, yeah, find well, anything by Ryan Danley. It's freaking great. Please, right now, it's incredible. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I'm. I have to say, I have been a big fan of the hard times for a long time. So that's awesome. That's really cool. Hell yeah! It's like a dream job. It's like a dream come true. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's I'm I'm super like the words I want to say are proud of you, but I don't know you well enough for that, so it comes out as jealous of you. But that's fine. They really no, both no, mean I, think, I look up to you. No, I think you'd be like, no, I think when people get these kind of gigs and you can be proud of the people in our scene for getting out there and doing for real. You know Absolutely. Like, you know, where you you see where we're all at. You see us all struggling at the mics and yeah. that sort of stuff. So when you see people getting some some come up uh some leveling it's nice to see you know what i mean i'm i'm a big fan of it i want to see everybody hell yeah well there we go ladies and gentlemen Rand danley's a fantastic person (laughs) we out uh hi there we have it one more episode wrapped up uh chris what did we learn today uh let's see we learned uh god damn it i forget so much of the things we learned we learned uh that that some well a lot of people are stupid uh, and we hate them uh we learned god damn it i'm stuck on this corn chip thing that a blue corn chip is just a blue corn chip people it's not a freaking anyway just be nice Okay, that's what we learned. Be nice to people and yourself, which was another thing that was important on this one. Because despite hating ourselves, we still found some way to be nice to each other and ourselves. And that's progress. That's progress. All right. Uh, So, uh, Ryan Danley, find him on the hard times. On the front page right now. It's crazy. Right friggin' meow. Uh, Anywhere else we can find him, do we know? Uh, find him on uh, Facebook, Ryan Danley. Honestly, just look him up there. Hell yeah. Uh, find us on Facebook as well, as well as Instagram and Twitter sometimes when we remember about those things. And YouTube. Uh, listen to old episodes of Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you get your podcasts. We do a Patreon. The Patreon. Patreon.com slash everything podcast. Uh, our email is everything nothing 2020 at hotmail.com. Uh, where we need suggestions for Chris's cat's name, which we still haven't talked about today, and the, the virtual strip club still, which is like weeks in the making. Maybe, it, maybe we'll just wait for Ben next time. We'll talk. He'll uh, have a name by then. He'll have this. Yeah. He'll already have come up with it, and he'll be halfway to building it, and we're going to be left behind. And speaking of names, one name you should remember is Shady Finds Radio. Thursdays, 10 to 11 a.m., uh, that's where that's us. We're that. That time. is that is where we find you find the things that we do in the mornings when you probably also need coffee. That's true. Uh, that's it. Anything? Yeah. Any last words? Uh, Sharpstone. With that, 
We'll see you next week. <laughs> Shady Pines Radio.